On tonight's episode of Farm Force. Billy, did you clean out? Sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I started laughing. Okay. Billy, did you clean out that pig? Wait, you're not Billy, you're Nolan. Okay. Nolan, did you clean out that pig pen? Why, Cowboy Jim, I ain't been in your sister's room all day. Don't talk about my wife like that. You know she's a good for nothing hillbilly son of a bitch. She does good things sometimes. <laughs> Can't improper the shit. <laughs> we're we're Jimmy fouling up this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the guy who like keeps bringing back '90s stuff but interjecting himself and it's really cringy? When he was on SNL, he'd always break character and start laughing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that endearing? Is that supposed to be endearing? Uh, to some people. Yeah, he got him a talk show. Well, he also nope. didn't he like remake Good Burger, but like add himself and kind of took away from Keaton and Kel's moments. Oh, I know what a what a white guy thing to do. <laughs> white people to ruin everything. Fucking fucking white people. Let's take away Good Burger. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks man. a lot. Hey, it's the Pizza Party Podcast. Who are you people? I'm Nolan, and we have um have a guest today. I'm Gables. Oh, I'm back. fucking Gables. Gables. Whoa, oh, what the fuck is so sad. special about Gables? I don't know. It's motherfucking I, Gables, asshole. I know, but yeah, like, mother- in our ring of friendship, like, everyone's just like, look how great Gables is. Like, fuck, what did Gables do? Hey, huh? when Gables, if you were in Gables' hood, you would know, man. Gables does, you gotta respect Gables. He He's done some, when you look, mess with his territory. I do a yeah, lot see, Okay. He does a lot for the community. He gives people free turkeys on Thanksgiving. So then when the cops are like, did you see Gables on this date? They're like, I don't even know who that is. Who's a Gables? If this were Pakistan, Gables would be sewing soccer balls. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's a Freddy Got Fingered quote. Of course it is. The angry father saying that to a Gort. Also, our other mem- um, our other mainstay is here. Oh, right. He's still here. Hey. Who the yeah. f*** are you? What have you done? <laughs> Nothing. Wow. Go back to animating your mama. Uh, yeah. Who's mama? Shut up, Jen. Yours. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> so, the next video is going to be a Patreon review of the Rugrats, which it's only going to cover the uh, first three, well, the main series, but mostly the first three seasons, because there's so much history to cover with the Rugrats. The first three seasons are the best. I mean, it inspired my... a generation of diaper fetishes, but anyway. <laughs> did That's it? True. What? No. You definitely. You had to. I think it did. The only thing I remember about Rugrats is that, like, Bobby's head, or Bo- no, wait. Bobby? No, is it Bobby? Bobby. It Timmy. It's Timmy. Tommy. No, wait, Tommy. Tommy. You're thinking of Bobby's World. I was thinking of Bobby's World. That show was awesome. <laughs> Tommy's head was so like organic. It didn't really have like a, a shape, like design wise. It just kind of it was a potato. It was whatever it wanted to be. Yeah, he was. He had a birth defect. Oh, so, it was all in Tommy's head. <laughs> no, all the kids are in Angelica's. I don't. Yeah, go on YouTube. There are a trillion Rugrat theory videos. Cartoon conspiracies. Cartoon Ooh. conspiracy. These are all these are all made by the government to make you dumber. Let's look at the facts, starting with Rocket Pepper. Was Walt Disney's head frozen under the Disney theme park? 
Yeah, how come that that would be a good cartoon conspiracy? Is his head really frozen underneath the theme park? Well, that was the inspiration for that one live action Cartoon Network show, um, out of Jimmy's head or uh reanimated. Oh really? Oh, yeah. I, see, I initially thought of um I think there's a robot chicken episode. I think it was like one of the first ones. Where like they had like uh, Walt Disney has to like feed off like I think Mexican children, Cuban children, Cuban children. There you go. And there, there's also another one. There's a there's another show that referenced it. Oh oh no, I'm thinking of uh I'm thinking of Venture Brothers with the the bee. Oh the yeah, frisbee, frisbee world, frisbee world. <laughs> 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 oh, finally. That show's coming back soon. After yeah, 40 yeah. years of hiatus, Venture Brothers is back. That's this. That's the worst thing about Adult Swim, is that, like, they have such a low budget that, like, they either have to be a really, like, poorly produced show to get, re- like, episodes going constantly, or it has to be a really well-done show, and it just airs every other few years, yeah. whenever the Harvest Moon like Rick yeah, and Morty or Venture Brothers. Well, I was reading a thing about that with networks because now they're because of Louie and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is they're considering doing that more where they have a show that just randomly comes back um, every couple of years just so the creators can have time to like properly develop another season. So that's probably good in the long run, hopefully. Yeah. But it is annoying when you're into a show and mm-hmm. they're like, when's the next season? Oh, three years. Fuck you. Yeah. To be fair, I I could handle hiatus. I mean, like, did you guys watch the latest Venture Brothers, like the special? I the, have. It's been on my DVR for two years. <laughs> the the to the the flight to the space station. It's so good. Like it put balls everything you need like from the past seasons into one goodness, and everything's worth it. Even if like one season was kind of bad. Uh, what was it? Four or five? Why you remember when they split in half? Mm-hmm. And cut it, like they like they basically like added four episodes, then cut in half, and then aired them separately as kind of like part one, part two, which apparently is the new common thing. I, I was actually scared that was going to become a reoccurring thing with TV shows because Breaking Bad and a few other uh, big uh, series did Mad it. Men do it also. I think so. Yeah, it's it's annoying. I don't I don't know why they do that because it does. Oh, ruin it's the genius! Planet. It's genius. Think about it this way: you well, pay for two more episodes. And then you cut in in half and you double your profits because you get to sell it as two different DVD sets. That's true. Well, it's true. And you can actually do that more with a TV show than a movie. Because if you shoot a movie and you're paid for one movie, they if they cut it up and they release it as two movies, they have to repay the actors for another movie. Oh, it's actually wow. – uh, it happened in the 70s. There was a Three Musketeers movie and they tried to do that. And the lawsuits after started the precedent that you can never do that again. But apparently with TV shows, you can because you're just airing the episodes later. You just have to pay them to promote it again. Like it's not as expensive for a TV show. Mm. So that's what I read. I don't I'm not a contract lawyer, so I don't know. Yeah. But like all things, the only people that lose is the audience. Yeah, 50 fucking years of hiatus because, like, Boondocks and Venture Brothers, how long are they on hiatus? Like, literally two years? Two to three years, more or less, yeah. Venture Brothers, it'll work because that show's still good. Boondocks, like, declined so hard. It was like a – it, like, aired like a thud. It was like, whoa. Season four was a mistake. Everyone admits that. Yeah, well, uh, um, as someone who hasn't seen Boondocks, but, like, is kind of curious as to why it was bad. Like, why was it so bad? Why did it decline so bad? What was so uh, different? Um, I think the problem with Boondocks is it 
wasn't it was a comic and a cartoon that was for a specific time and i think when its time was over it didn't know how to adapt to it is what i remember i haven't it's been a while if anyone wants to say something different who remembers it better but i only watched like the first season i mean i was a huge fan of the comic strip and the comic strip was really good and right after 9-11 they were the only comic strip like everyone else like you know uh, just like ducked and like was super patriotic and they were like the opposite and it was like amazing. Um, but then it like declined because he became such a celebrity and I think it all that went to his head from what I've heard from like rumors and such. But it just seems like the show had a similar fate where it got bigger and they kind of thought their shit don't stink. And then, you know, they left the bathroom and someone's like, whoa, light a match, buddy. Well, the creator and a bunch of the writers left and went to make black cheeses so they didn't work on season oh. four. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. You know. Did some of the people also work on Black Dynamite? Mm, I don't think so. I think sure. it's I just like... a, Black Dynamite, I like the cartoon more than the movie it's based on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. The movie's a good concept, but the show, it's like, lets them do a lot more. And, uh, but it, that show got kind of old after a while, I feel like. I only watched like Five episodes. <laughs> no, it's kind of weird I that got, uh, the movie, the, the cartoon recycles a bunch of uh, jokes from the movie itself. Yeah, it does. The, I mean, they aired the movie once. That's how I saw it on Adult Swim. Um, but I like it because I have seen a lot of black exploitation. So I also wonder if if you haven't seen black exploitation, you might not be as into it because you the context isn't really, you know, it doesn't. You wouldn't understand the context or anything, you know. I don't know with the, with the cartoon series. Like, uh, I only know a bunch of the things that happen, like a bunch of the references, like Richard Pryor or uh, whatever else. Yeah. Because I watched a bunch of uh, VH ones that I love the seventies. It's like, oh, this is just like that. <laughs> I've I wasted like... so many hours. Where... What uh... on the I love the everything's like it's so entertaining. No, they were. They used to be really good. Those I love the things. They, but then they overdid it. They had like three. They had like th- the third I love the eighties and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, like it, I stopped watching it when they started like doing the decade that we're currently in yeah. and haven't finished yet. We were like in two thousand seven, <laughs> I believe, and they they did I love the new millennium. So with the rest of the yeah. stuff that <laughs> we haven't experienced yet, they just said, uh, "Here's what we think will happen." Like, why did they do this? Why don't they just wait? They they kind of didn't understand what made that stuff so cool. It was half nostalgia. But then if they did, the other half was, oh, I didn't exist in this year or I was too little to remember it. What were the things that were popular? And the show would just tell you. Like I learned so much about pop culture from – actually from when VH1 was a different network from Where Are They Now and Behind the Music and stuff. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about pop culture from that channel. But now it's reality shows and – I don't know what is on that channel now. I'm actually working on a script that is talking about like how television has changed from being niche markets to demographics. But like mm-hmm. it's also kind of mixing in like the history of television, but I'm fibbing some parts. Like I'm basically describing television as a gift from God as as TV's reign from heaven. Mm-hmm. But only to, only so I can get to the point of talking about how demographics changed. Yeah. I mean, VH1 Vinch no really longer does that. Uh, I love the Blink show. I mean, they tried doing, they tried bringing back um, uh, Best Week Ever, which is kind of like that, but yeah. for the events of the past week, but that just vanished. Yeah, they, that show kind of worked when it was like 
around in the 2000s, but no, they kept they aired it at a really bad time. And so I think I was the only one who watched it. Like, I didn't remember it being that popular. But even the soup just got camped. The soup ended, right? Yeah. Did, that Did it? Yeah, it ended, shit. That ended. yeah, that ended. So I think, like, that kind of stuff doesn't work because you have, like, people do that on the internet now. Like, people make mm-hmm. those in their home. Like, Philip DeFranco or whoever, they do that every day. So you can't really have a show based on that. Yeah. What's what Joe, what's Joe McHale going to do? Community's over, too. I, I'm, I'm worried well, he's about in the, now. He's in the X-Files thing, the new X-Files thing. So he's, oh, okay. he's good. He's good. Okay, cool. I, He's got a better career than he just does. He does weird stuff. Like he was in what was it? Deliver me from evil. He's got a more eclectic filmography than people realize. It's just they don't put him in the poster because people would be like, "Joel McHale's in this. I'm not seeing that." <laughs> you know. But well, he's like, usually yeah. He was in the the Spy Kids movie where they <laughs> dropped the, the main two. <laughs> I wound up watching Spy Kids. I think what four or five only because Joe McHale was in it. Yeah, part was, four. Were they those movies any good? I didn't see any. Okay. Spy. Well, the fifth one wasn't, or fourth one. No, okay, there was four, <laughs> and the first one was good. Like the, the, the later ones started becoming more gimmicky and just being more loud and in your face. Well, three was just like three D. Like it, it, the whole gimmick was they're in a video game yeah. and they get to throw things at the screen. I mean, it was cool I mean, at the I mean, time. The second one's gimmick was Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah, that, the second one. Yeah, the one where he has yeah, that. That, really... that was their gimmick. They had Steve Buscemi in that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kids his... love Buscemi. But they of were, course, kids were like Buscemi's in this. Mom, we have to go. That, that was the <laughs> one where um he had that super philosophical quote. So the one where he says, "Do you think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created?" And I thought, wow, wow <laughs> that's the deepest shit ever. And it's from fucking Spy Kids too. Island of Lost <laughs> Dreams. <laughs> the coolest thing that Rodriguez did with spy, the Spy Kids movies is they he made sure that after they made the first one, they wanted to give the second one this huge budget, and he refused and made it cost the same as the first one. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there were so many is because they didn't ever cost more than the first Spy Not I mean, the 3D one, I think, did, and the fourth one did, but not too much. So they always made, I think until the fourth one, they always made a lot of money because well, he budgeted them correctly. Well, the problem with the fourth one was they. Well, they. they it's obviously they. You know, removed characters, brought in new people, and the weird subplot with Joe McHale was like he's a he's a famous like TV show host that hunts spies, like he's a spy hunter, but then he's married to a spy and he doesn't know it. <laughs> like that. That was like the big like pirate arc. I forgot what the kids' things was. Yeah. But the thing with the uh, Spy Kids four, it, it, it didn't even feel like it was from the same people. Like Robert Rodriguez directed it, but it doesn't have any of the. I don't know. It just feels like it's a straight to video sequel by some other people who don't give a shit about Spy Kids. Well, Robert Rodriguez has gotten kind of shittier lately. Uh-huh. I mean, Machete Kills wasn't as great, even like. What? You know, he hasn't made a good movie since like Sin City. Oh yes, yeah, Sin City two. God. No, what, what about uh, what about uh, Planet Terror? I like Planet Terror. Yeah. yeah, but that was ten years ago almost. That was oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, like he he's not bad, but mm-hmm. if you look at most of his filmography, it's not that great. And the stuff that was was a while ago. I mean, I think he's cool. I actually think a lot of how he budgets his films and stuff. He's a really smart guy, but it's just been too long. Where like I feel like he's getting forgotten about because. If you're a kid who's getting into movies and they bring up El Mariachi or something, they'll they'll look at the rest of his filmography and go, "Ugh, never mind." Yeah. But, you know, 
So I mean, hey, I he, mean, he has his own channel to fall back on that nobody yeah. wants. No, I mean YouTube channel or no, no, a TV, uh, channel. TV channel. Oh, yeah. okay. Ray. Do you get that channel? Oh, I I, yeah. I found out I just a few days ago that I did. It's a very oh, it's niche, supposed to be cool. Yeah, it's a very uh, niche channel. Like I'm surprised this this is made today, but I just know it's gonna go the way of sci-fi channel and just I don't know try to mainstream it up a bit. Mm, I, I hope it doesn't. But I I do like I like I mean I grew up at the time where El Mariachi was the big independent movie that like this guy made this small movie mm-hmm. and it became this big and I like Desperado and I grew up I've I used to watch From Dust Till Dawn every Halloween in the nineties so I do actually like certain one of his movies a lot it's just I'm so disappointed with his recent stuff that's all I mean, but he's he he's an interesting like a- guy. Well, because I watched the, com- I, I'm a really big fan of Death Earth and Planetary. Like Grindhouse, like I was, I'm waiting for the second one, but it never came. <laughs> Good luck. Like, I, I, I don't I, I, know. <laughs> do, you, do you call the theater every week? Go Grindhouse too. Like stop calling. <laughs> stop calling. I really liked it as it, like when I watched it. I thought it was awesome. I didn't, I wasn't a kid, but you know I, what I mean. I and, thought. Uh, did you? I don't know how old were you when it came out, but. Um, getting drunk and watching that movie in the theater, it was one of the greatest pleasures of my life. Like I did I was it, not old enough to drink. No. Oh, uh, when I went to the bathroom, anytime yeah. I go to the bathroom, the clanks from beer bottles because people just show up at, like with heavy coats, and it was like Easter weekend, and because they were just filled, everyone was like, "I'm gonna get drunk in the theater and see this shit." It was it was so much fun. <laughs> uh, I had a, I I loved seeing that movie. But, but I, you I watched, can't get the cut that was in the theaters either, by the way. No? Oh, I I, I didn't even notice. Oh, well. uh, but I, I watched the commentary that was on the DVDs, and, like, a lot of his, like, thoughts on, like, how he shot the movie was really, like, awesome. Like, he made sure that, uh, uh, what was the name? What was the main character's name? It's been a while since I've seen it. I forget. Uh, sure. Not Cherry. <laughs> the other one. Um, the The main guy. El Ray, was it? Yeah, I think so. Poss- yeah. Most likely. <laughs> But like how he how they shot him was to make him look really really small, and to symbolize that he's not the hero. And then like as soon as he like finally you know uh, accepts what his role, they start shooting lower to make him more heroic. And it's just like little things like that. Little film theory was just really cool. It was my first like taste of how to tell stories just through camera. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's I, what I like about Planet Terror versus Death Proof is Death Proof tried to be like a real B movie. And Planet Terror is like what you thought a B-movie would be from watching B-movie trailers. And it's really cool. It's like – and I love Thanksgiving. I want that movie to happen so bad. (laughs) Oh, and also um, I I think – was it Werewolf Women of the SS with Nicolas Cage? Oh, yeah. I mean Nicolas Cage would totally do that now. What what's funny is there were like two spinoffs of that because Hobo with a Shotgun was the fan submitted trailer and then Machete became a franchise unto itself. So it actually got spinoffs. But I wish that had been successful. It was it I anthology filmmaking has never really taken off. So maybe if Star Wars gets it to work, they'll do it. But they they were gonna have other directors, like two different directors keep doing it and one would come out every couple of years, but it didn't work oh, out. So. That sucks. I mean, it's, more it's, it's, just, it's hard to sell one movie. You got to make and compile compiling them together. That's another issue. That's double the yeah. budget. Yeah. I mean, they well, tried it. They've tried it with other movies. They wanted to make the Halloween franchise into an anthology thing after mm-hmm. Halloween three and Halloween three was a bomb. So they <laughs> went back on it and, Every time they've tried, it doesn't work out. So that'll be interesting. That, when, 
I just remember Grindhouse being like one of my favorite movie experiences, like going to the theater. So like I would love to see that captured again, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it was it was so much fun. It was just like and also that people who don't watch like a movie like Death Proof, like I love like vanishing point and stuff, but no one will ever watch that thing with me. And it's kind of fun seeing those movies and having people be excited and like, oh man, that was so much fun and like kind of being turned on to that stuff was <laughs> really cool also because i didn't have any prior knowledge like i have a really bad habit of just going into movies without seeing trailers or even knowing anything about it just by the name like mm-hmm. when i saw juno i thought it was a judo movie like i thought it was judo <laughs> you <laughs> fuck <laughs> Wait, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> i literally oh only yeah yeah that's like a friend that's that's the best joke of this whole podcast Dev. it's not a joke <laughs> you're serious I'm okay. Okay, I did. I didn't see a. Tr- I didn't see a poster. I didn't see anything. I never saw the thing written down. One of my friends was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go see Juno," and I thought he said judo, and I'm like, "Sure, I'll go with you." And then uh, I wound up watching this movie about a girl getting pregnant. Aww. At what point during the movie did you realize it wasn't about judo? Probably the opening credits. <laughs> no, but uh, if you wanted to see a pregnant girl doing judo, you just have to see the Juno parody and disaster movie. Oh, uh, oh speaking of uh, pregnant women, um, going back to Spy Kids <laughs> 4, like there's an opening sequence with this with the, the spy mom and she's pregnant yeah. and she's doing all these acrobatics while pregnant. It's just really disturbing. And I think there's a clip of it on YouTube and it has a million views, likely from a bunch of people who fetishize uh, pregnant women. Speaking of fetishes, <laughs> going back to uh, the SSS woman werewolf thing, I feel like that hits quite a lot of fetishes. The, the Grindhouse like trailer. That sounds tasteless. It was very tasteless, but I forget who drew it. I think it was him. I, I could be entirely wrong. Way to bring us down, Nolan. Wow. Yeah, I brought the whole thing down. We were all up after that judo joke, and hey, listen, somebody, somebody had to um, balance out the humor here. Yeah, we, we already have Fox News in the background. Oh, listen, Bill O'Reilly is here to put um, put us in the no spin zone. This podcast Ooh. has to stay in the no spin zone. Hey, if, if Bernie Sanders wins, he's gonna leave the country. So, <laughs> is that is that oh what is that what Bill O'Reilly said? Is that what Bernie Sanders can do? He's going to win the presidency and leave the country? So, hey, speaking of news. Oh, yeah, news. news. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, boy. That hey, was the long, I think that was one of the longest intros we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like an anime intro that goes on way too long and gets cut up in the American version. <laughs> All right, so, News. Okay, so you guys know Alex Hirsch of Gravity Falls and how his show Gravity Falls fucking ended? Ending? It's going to end. It's going to end because there's one episode left, I believe. But uh, Uh he's he's now moved on to better things and he's going to Fox Animation. How is Mm -hmm. that better? 
Well, oh God! Although, when they say Fox Animation, does this mean a primetime show, or just he's developing something under their production company well, that they're going to sell to someone else? Or here's the thing: like, uh, I don't know. So I remember I was reading like his Twitter thingies, and he said that someone said, "Please don't make a shitty sitcom like Family Guy." And he said, "When I went to Disney, there was nothing else like Gravity Falls on there, so you know." I mean, it's not. I mean, it's probably gonna. He's gonna develop something different, likely. You know. Yeah. Well, what's most likely is gonna happen is just like every other uh, creator that just got off a big name show. It's probably gonna develop a pilot, and then it's we're never gonna see it or hear from it. It's just gonna be like shelved. Oh. Because it's it seems to be a very common thing with Fox. I know Dan Harmon also made a pilot or something. If that's uh, I think that. it was well, Fox. Dan Harmon makes a lot of pilots, so that's yeah. you know. <laughs> okay. But but yeah, it's. I, I thought the same thing. Like with animation, working on a pilot is a big commitment of time. So with with uh, or with, yeah, with live action though, it's kind of uh, it's a lot easier. So they can make a couple in a year. But if he does that, that might waste his time when he has all this heat on him. He could go to like you know Cartoon Network, which would probably be the best place for him to be honest. Oh yeah. Hmm. I know. All I know is that like Disney really wanted to keep him. Please so, don't go, what? Alex. Come on. They, the problem with Disney is they well, they at least understand the problem that any animation, modern animation studio is, is you need these auteurs to stick around or you're mm-hmm. kind of fucked because we don't live in a we live in a, in auteur animation time. Mm-hmm. And they, they should have tried to keep them. But maybe Fox. They did. Don't get me wrong. From what I heard, because uh, going back to my my, <laughs> my first appearance on the podcast, all I know is that Disney offered him anything he wanted. You know, like, hey, just just, just do a show. And uh, I, I remember him having interest in apparently. Uh, like, so, like, I'm actually shocked that he moved because, like, there's actually, like, you know, footage of him cleaning out his desk and everything. Uh, so, like, he, he's definitely gone from there. And I wonder if it might have been how the scheduling was treated. So I know that uh, Disney never promoted the, the series. Like, it's been known that this was the last season for a while. Oh yeah, and and like Disney never wanted to announce it because I know that they wanted uh, him to like change his mind, and I, I I probably the only thing that stopped him from staying at Disney had to been scheduling how they kept pushing off episodes and such. Well, they don't they don't promote things that well because I watch like I well I watch Gravity Falls, but even when I watch Gravity Falls, like I was so unaware when the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon came on, and I was very unaware of when Wander Over Yonder came on, but like. With someone like Cartoon Network, I know that I I miss something, and even my DVR doesn't sometimes work for the Disney Channel. And I've heard that for other people that the way they do their scheduling and move things to Disney XD at random, it's hard to even be a fan of the show because you might not know it's on for a couple months, which is ridiculous. So I I kind of understand where he's coming from with that. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I, there's a couple of, like, YouTubers that I'm subscribed to only so I know when TV shows air. Like, uh, really? Black Nerd, yeah, like, Black Nerd Comedy, uh, Andre. Uh, he's a cool guy. I met him at uh, Indie PopCon, but, like, I mostly subscribe to his channel because that's when I know when Ninja Turtles airs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I watch I watch his reviews after, but it's usually like, oh sweet he uploaded a video. Got to go watch the episode now. <laughs> but that's like that's like something that Disney Channel like needs to care a little bit more about because I think with Gravity Falls and Wonder Over Yonder, I was like holy shit Disney Channel animation is getting a lot better all of a sudden. 
But mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't noticed a third show. Maybe there's one that I'm unaware of. Star, Star like, versus the Forces of Evil is a real. Oh goddamn it! I can't believe I forgot that. Okay, sorry. Star versus the Forces of Evil continues that, but they need to keep that going because I feel like Cartoon Network has like four or five shows that I think are really terrific, and Disney like, is doing that live action bullshit. Also, from what I've heard, Disney's probably the least hands-on with the shows, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah, like apparently not a lot of changes were made by Disney on Gravity Falls. Or like that that one, the the one, the first of the weirdness when what they do to that rich guy's face was (laughs) a nightmare fuel for a month. I mean, Jesus (laughs) fuck. Like the only the only changes they make have been stuff that would make it to where they couldn't, like, sell the syndication rights in other countries. So, like, uh, for example, Steven Universe gets away with a lot of homosexual content because 90% of their homosexual content can be easily changed by ad-libbing, changing the lyrics, or, sorry, lyrics, dialogue, or just changing the voice of a character. For example, Ruby and Sapphire's relationship, you can easily dub Ruby as a boy, and it, it it's now a heterosexual relationship. Oh. Uh, but well, that's with, not that's not extremely offensive at all or anything. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's the reason yeah. why so much of Steven Universe gets through what it is is because it's all through dialogue. With Gravity Falls, there's like a lot, a lot of controversy with the uh, transgendered uh, the Love God episode, where like he was supposed to have the transgendered symbol, but that was edited to be male and female. Uh, they're supposed to be uh, a lesbian couple, but they were edited into a old regular couple instead of old lesbians because old lesbians aren't like the most adorable thing ever. Um, and that was because it's a visual thing and they wouldn't be able to sell it to like uh, – I, I don't know what other countries have those, but it would hurt the, the chances of that show airing and they lose money from the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the cartoons uh, rely on overseas distribution. Like <laughs> they can't just make their money off just airing in America. They got to – branch out to other countries and dub it and stuff which i wonder if like uh anime kind of has that problem like they <laughs> i don't know how well anime does in other countries but in america it barely i don't know airs on like cartoon network at night and that's about it well as big as anime conventions are and like how loud anime fans could be on websites it's, <laughs> they, they pirate their stuff they don't buy it yeah well no no uh they're just a really small niche like out of like mainstream stuff and everything Anime is a really, really small and dying industry in America. No. Um, it's it's not as big as it was back when we were, like, at what, what, 2001-ish yeah, area? And, uh, I mean, with that, there's no real big hit on TV, and the only ones that you can think of are, like, what, what airs at 1 o'clock in the morning on Adult Swim on Saturdays? Hey, hey we got Yokai even... Watch on Disney XD. I heard that was good. Oh. I, I, that should have been like one punch man. That's on Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Oh well, we're fucked. Oh, good. Twelve people saw it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people watch One Punch Man. I mean, it's gotten pretty. Big. Not on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, that's you can watch shit. it for free. Oh, okay. I, I like. That's where I, I noticed it. Go to hell, Nolan. Netflix is getting more interested. Like Netflix has kind of hit a anime like trend. They they have like three they dubbed I think or at least bought the rights because it's a Netflix original apparently. Glitter Force. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah there's a Netflix anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Seven Deadly Sins. Something like that. And Glitter Force. 
One thing I'm questioning, though, is like uh, back in the 90s, like Batman and Animaniacs, they all used to be animated at like Japanese studios like TMS. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is it ju- did it just get too expensive to do that? Because we're we still animating. Oh, OK. So there's like two types of shows when it comes to cartoons now. You have uh, Canadian or locally animated um, animation. Those are usually done with Toon Boom or Flash. Or Korea. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of it's going to Canada because Canada's dollar keeps dropping. I think it's like now like fifty cents to our dollar. Like you literally double your money if you go buy stuff in Canada. So Ooh, like, I need yeah. to go to Canada. I only know that because I worked on a series that was produ- produced in Canada. That sucked. Like I was like, oh cool, so much money per second of animation. Sweet. Oh, it gets halved when it gets uh, transferred over into U.S. dollars. Oh, the government takes a third. Oh, mm. I didn't make anything off this. <laughs> but uh, so like a lot of production is going to go to Canada. That's the be- beauty. If you live in Canada and you and you want to be an animator, there's going to be jobs. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're doing that. the the Lego Movie too is being produced in in Toronto, I believe. Yeah. Well, again, it's half the cost, like literally. <laughs> and then uh, the other half of animation is stuff that's done in Korea, as usual, you know. Um, you know, the funny thing about... Uh, oh, wait, go on. Oh, I was going to say was that's the stuff that looks like hand-drawn. Yeah. But the thing about uh, Canadian animation is uh, doesn't like the government actually want to pitch in and help at fun Canadian pro- uh, t- television products? I know that at least uh, like uh, Shoulin Showdown came back, mm-hmm. like Shonen oh, Chronicles, Sh- yeah, whatever it's called. Oh, um, I got really excited about it, and then they like replaced all the voices because uh, Canadian law has if the cartoons produced or at least the productions produced in Canada, it has to be done by all Canadian actors unless the role ha- can be proven to only be done by one person that's outside of the the nationality. Mm-hmm. I mean, so aside from Tara Strong, all of them got replaced. Yeah, Tara Strong has dual citizenship. Yeah, Jennifer Hale was uh, Kat Nappe, and she she's Kimiko now. Well, she was Kimiko because Chronicles tanked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the creators tried to have a Kickstarter for a comic book series, but they canceled the Kickstarter because no, nobody knew it existed. No, they canceled it because of the uh, I think the Paris attacks, and then they were like, "We're going to restart it later in 2016." Uh. So, um, no, but yeah, the, the problem, I think the problem with Chronicles was that it was a, too much like a George Lucas type deal where it was like the creator, Chris, um, Chris G. Huey just had so much control over it. Cause that also aired on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. And if what you said is true about like how they like have a more hands-off approach on it, then her ideas were fucking batshit crazy. Well, uh, that, that wasn't a Disney production, though, I don't think, especially since it, it was produced in Canada. So I think that's less of that. I think a lot of the issues are probably um, they had a lot of like, uh, OK, so they own the, the trademark of some names. They own the rights to some characters, but other things they didn't like either. They got shuffled around the trademarks or something. So certain items got called something else. Yeah. Uh, they added a cousin Oliver character with ping pong or whatever his name was. And then they added awkward CG moments because um, I think it's cheaper. Uh, maybe. Yeah. It's cheaper to do action scenes if the characters are rotating around. Yeah. CG. Yeah. Oh. But there wasn't a reason for it. No. Like story wise, I mean, like, yeah, they're doing the show on the showdown. So like it, there was a there was a distinct reason why they did it. But like compared to the old show, it it didn't feel like 
like if they upgraded the show and showdown items or something, they made it something super, and that made it more intense. I feel like would have been better. I could have swallowed it better, but yeah. I mean, maybe if they went in a completely different art style, like you know how like uh, Ninja Turtle reboots are totally different from one another. Like if they gone with that. No, it was about the same art style. They they did, however, change the do something different. Oh, okay, yeah, totally, yeah. Reboot it, not like soft revive it. Yeah, we don't know. It's it's the it's like the Hulk two thousand three versus two thousand eight. Like, is it a reboot, a sequel? What is this? Yeah, like because it continued the story, but things were changed, and also the dragon was a different color. That was weird. Yeah, like, yeah, that was another problem. Was that uh, they didn't decide what whether or not. Um, to just go full reboot because, like, like you said, I think WB still owned the rights to like the Shingon Wu names, mm-hmm. so that they had to rename those, and then that had to be changed, and it was just, it was just a huge mess of like half thought out ideas and like and uh, all this other shit. It was just a mess. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the catch: twenty twenty. If you would have rebooted it and called it something else, well, they, they called it something else, but you know, like if they rebooted it, changed the art style and all that, you would have had like a dozen fans be like, this isn't the show I grew up with. This is different. It's bad. Yeah. I don't like change. Well, okay. But, but now, now we have like a, a soft, a sort of weird soft reboot where nobody's happy because <laughs> I know a friend who watched Shallon Chronicles and they're like, this is awful. They hated it. And they grew up with Shallon Showdown. Blame the fans. Yeah, it's just a jarring mess. No, no, I don't think I don't think necessarily blame blame the fans because like I'm not. I was joking. I laughed afterwards. It's that one's just from a production standpoint. uh, They they I don't think they like this. They didn't sit back and assess the situation well enough. Well, yeah, but I don't know that um, that teaser. The teaser they released was really good and it looked awesome. And then. Like the show came out, and like Chase Young like has an egg that he came out of came out of him, and then he was gonna he was raising it like a mom, and it was just like what the fuck is this? Well, like then the ping pong kind of bothered me because it's like why did we need a another Omni? You know, Omni. like <laughs> you mean <laughs> Omi? Omi? Oh, oh man, <laughs> fuck up, fucking Normie. <sighs> like I, I think what they did was they were trying to like oh uh, uh, Omi 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 is got like better you know he's now like uh he's not the newbie anymore so they needed another character to keep that dynamic but then why, why make him omi again yeah, yeah they should have gone yeah. with like um i remember when they went to new york there was that one that one kid i don't know like could have joined them but no some kid a black uh, character they could have had a black character but no we got another yellow character yeah, they had they have a racist stereotype yellow character. They have an Asian. They have, they have different. They have the they have the uh, traditional stereotype Asian. Then you have the the smart gadget person Asian. And then you have uh, Raymundo, which was uh, I'm going to say Mexican again. Was it Cuban? Yeah, he, he was like um, Puerto Rican. He was Brazilian. He Brazilian. Was, there you go. Oh yeah, they they hired Tom Kenny. Like they they just hired Tom Kenny to do like Mexican, uh, well Hispanic or Latino characters like Eduardo or uh, Raymundo. <laughs> Are you talking about Eduardo from uh, Extreme? Uh, ex- no, wait, never Foster's. Mind. I, uh, <laughs> extreme uh, Foster's home for Extreme. <laughs> I was thinking of Extreme <laughs> Ghostbusters. Did anyone ever watch that show? Extreme. That was my jam. Ghostbusters. You, you're gonna call. 
I've heard a lot of defenders of that recently. It's a good show. I mean, whoa, yeah. whoa, wow. Oh, whoa. Calm down. I, was, I didn't even say what I thought of it. You were just like, it's like I've heard a lot of defenders are like, shut the fuck up. I will eat your soul. Extreme Ghostbusters starring the Burger King Kids Club as Ghostbusters. Oh, that was the criticism at the time, actually. Yeah. Everyone said, why is the Burger King Kids Club fighting ghosts? I mean, like, one person. Okay, the Extreme Ghostbusters, there's a kid in a wheelchair, but I look, I'm not to discriminate, but I think you're going to need your legs if you're going to be fighting ghosts that could, you know, kill Whoa. you. Whoa. Actually, Whoa. the coolest thing was they used, the, okay, so they're like, all right, we, we need a, the original Ghostbusters, like three white guys. And then occasionally they decided to add the black guy in like all the merch. Who's not even in the video games. Yeah, yeah, never. I'm actually uh, on the Sprite's resource. You could find a Winston Sprite for some of the games. Me and my friend David were like, fuck it. If Sega's going to be racist, we're going to make Sprites for him. So, <laughs> so if anyone wants to make fan games with Winston, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Winston needs all the help he can get after being in uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, in the game, the the third movie, technically, the the video game. Oh, yeah, the uh, that 3D takes one. Place yeah, they actually made, they were like, hey, Winston, you get a PhD now. So he went back for like history or something because he was like, I'm hanging out with a bunch of smart guys. I'm going to, going to, you know, be educated. It was cool. Like they gave oh. him a character arc. Yeah. I mean, See, I was like that he was just the guy who just, he was like, like, I need a job. You guys will give me a job. I'll do it. I kind of like, like he was the working class guy. Yeah. yeah. He, he comes in the movie like they're already established as the mm -hmm. Ghostbusters, like, you know. So I was I, I was like Ernie Hudson. I mean, they asked him, like, hey, do you believe in ghosts in the movie? And he just says, if you pay me, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's like, I'll believe what you want me to believe. <laughs> like, but the, like, so, so they were, like, adding a bunch of people in there. And they're like, all right, let's give a guy with a wheelchair. But, like, he's the one that, like, shoots first. Like, he's the one that just runs into it no matter what. So and uh, he's, like, he's like the Greedo character. <laughs> <laughs> And does he get shot? <laughs> like every, every episode, he just barges into like a room, like a SWAT team, but he's the only one and the, the ghosts just kill him instantly. <laughs> well, that's why they can't take him to the movie theater anymore. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, Jim? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Moving <Wow>. back. Uh, <laughs> just going back. There hasn't been a theater shooting in a while. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh. But uh, moving back. Well, one thing was they did demobilize him once. Uh, like uh, there was a Jersey Devil that like shot like this breath that like made everything rust, so immediately he lost his wheelchair. <laughs> oh, but he but he did get a wooden one in the same episode. Like they went to like an old museum, like a history museum, and just stole it. <laughs> you think he built cybernetic legs or something? But Extreme Ghostbusters also brought us uh, Kylie Griffin, yay, a girl, uh, a goth girl, which was one of my first crushes, and she wears football Aww. armor. Jesus. <laughs> Oh yeah, what's with the football armor? Well, she's she's a delicate little pale girl. So it hurts. Oh yeah, but uh, ghost hurts. Here's an idea I have for that wheelchair kid. Here's what a ghost should do. Like he should uh, cooperate with maybe um I don't know a Slimer and say, "Hey Slimer, possess my legs so I can like you know walk." <laughs> oh man, and I thought my theater thing was offensive. <laughs> Oh, 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 speaking of, okay, if, if we're starting making fun of handicapped people. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. I like this stuff's like, well, no, no, no. Right here, I've got a good, a couple good cripple jokes. It's, 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 it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, So, like, okay, uh, Gareth was his name. He was the only Ghostbuster to not get an actual toy. 
Like, instead, they just replaced him with Egon, who was also in the show. Though there is a prototype, and he comes with a fucking tank. The only reason he didn't get made was because he would have cost too much in plastic. But they're just like, they just kind of like uh, Professor Xavier'd him <laughs> to where like, he had like a proton pack turret. But, um,. Uh, I had a, a Professor Xavier toy from the X-Men movie. I don't know why I'm not a big X-Men person, but I, I have one. You know, I guess my mom bought it for me. But they actually crippled the toy. Like, like they, they, they like, uh, didn't screw in his joints well enough. So, like, he can't stand up. He literally falls over every time. <laughs> oh. <God>. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think you, I think we broke Pam. Yeah. That's like that's like the toy makers were like, no, let's be real. That motherfucker. Is <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Then <laughs> they even broke his fucking toy. This looks don't work as a toy. I remember the first thing I did. Was I picked him up and I tried to stand him and he just immediately. Boom. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is, you know what? That's some that they really put the real in the real Ghostbusters right now. No, 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 no! That was an X Men toy. That wasn't real Ghostbusters. Oh, an X Men toy. That was, yeah, that was Professor Xavier. Oh, oh god! See, I don't even know why Professor Xavier. Uh, did lose the use of his legs because it, I've seen it rebooted and done so many different ways that I honestly forget how it really happened. Like in the original, <laughs> the first one, because I think they explained it in an old X-Men comic, but then they changed it to Magneto did it or I don't know. Who well, knows? like it, in the uh, days of future past, apparently it's like his powers or something. Cause he can't, he can either be someone who can read people's minds or he can walk. That's his two options. Oh yeah. That in the movie. Yeah. I remember. That was like I was kind of like read people's minds, dude. What the fuck's your deal? Like, and he wasn't even walking anywhere. He was staying yeah. in that house. Like, what? What a waste. Also, what hair. So, like, he got two choices. He got to read people's minds, or he got hair and got to walk. <laughs> that was the two. What a po- what a materialistic poser. That's what I have to say. Thanks a Is lot. That, well, I think he had guilt. That's why he started opening up a school for wayward children. Oh yeah, and then they all went to Vietnam or something. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about. It. Hey Pan, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to leave the room? <laughs> you know, wait, wait, wait. I just came up with another one. If that, oh wait, it's not Extreme Ghostbusters. I'm gonna be like, that's a little too extreme. Oh. <laughs> oh. That was. Uh, I apologize. The cool thing that was Garrett was voiced by uh, Max Goof. Oh yeah. From a Goofy movie. Oh. Gorsh. And then uh, Edward, uh, Eduardo, which was the uh, Peter Vickman character. I think he was voiced by the guy who did like the first like three episodes of Sailor Moon as a tuxedo mask or Spider-Man, like the, the Spider-Man with the Mexican accent. What Spider-Man? Spider-Man Unlimited. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man Unlimited with 13 episodes. And then Kylie Griffith, uh, which, by the way, I bought the Ghostbusters board game exclusively from the Kickstarter because it came with a Kylie Griffith figure. That's how much I care. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, she comes with a black cat. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, she's voiced by Tara Strong. Yeah. So Raven. Yeah. Just like if Raven like, had a new. I can't find like any DVD rips of that show. Like it's hard to find. It doesn't exist. I know. I think it's like Europe or some or Germany. No, Australia. Australia. There might be. 
Yeah. They might be waiting for the movie in the summer. They're probably going to put both the movies on Netflix and put the shows somewhere or the car, the original, the first show. And I bet extreme will be up there too. For whatever yeah. reason, they don't like to, they've already released like the, the cause they released the original show within like a, a, a the firehouse. Like it's like a, that's where you just store the DVDs yeah. and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty awesome, but for whatever reason, uh, Extreme Ghostbusters is kind of the neglected like stepchild of that I think franchise. When when was that series on? 1996. That's oh. like I think when the problem probably is is the people who are nostalgic for the first show didn't watch the second one. So since the people who have who watched the first show have more buying power, they're probably not going to do Extreme Ghostbusters as quickly. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry, that's the real years. boring. That's the boring corporate reason, but it's yeah. probably true. Oh yeah. So you want to get what in? other news? The next news. <clears throat> Hang on. We're still on the news. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> fucked. We could Jesus fucking off. Christ. Oh wait, I have, I have a question before we get into the news because hmm. uh, no one brought it up. Pan, so you saw Star Wars, right? Yeah, it was amazing. In five days. The Force Awakens, rated PG-13. What did you... What, this has been killing me. What did you think of Kylo Ren? Oh, I love that. I love the idea for a character. He says, well, I guess spoilers for Star Wars. Skip to 52 minutes, 45 seconds. 52 minutes, 45 seconds. But he's just this fucking wimp that's put in a position of power because he wants to go grow stronger even though he's a fucking wimp. And I just like that conflict idea. Actually, when I left the movie with certain, some people were like, I don't like that he's like insecure. And I was like, really? I love that. I think it's awesome. But he's like, he like destroys his, his computer when he gets all upset. It's like, yeah, we're not, <laughs> that they, those stormtroopers that come along. It's like, yeah, we're not dealing with this shit. <laughs> oh, that was really funny. Like, oh, but, but Saturday Night Live, like they got the actor who played Kylo Ren and, and they did a skit of undercover boss w- as Kylo Ren. Yeah, I saw some of it. I need to watch it. It, it was really funny. Yeah, I'll link it below. But yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people who just don't understand Kylo Ren's character. Like, how come he's not like, this is why the prequels were better. They The, the villains were a lot cooler, like uh, oh, Grievous. Oh, fuck those people. Grievous, fuck, fuck those people. didn't do shit. He was just like, no. like he looked cool, but didn't do anything. Well, the, the best thing about Kylo Ren is he's the most complex character of the whole movie. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, you're not sure if he, he doesn't know he's upset and he doesn't know who he is. And the only thing that's funny is when he takes off his mask and his hair is perfectly permed. <laughs> it's like he takes it off and goes, hi, how's it going? Kylo Ren. Hair's oh, and, perfect. And like when uh, Han Solo's talking to them, he says, Kylo, take off that helmet. You don't need it. Yeah, that's that was funny because I saw it three times and uh the third time i realized like that's such a calling him on how much of a poser he is go you don't need that shit vader needed a mask like vader got all his limbs cut off had trouble breathing like he had serious problems where he needed a suit you are just wearing it for fashion reasons like that's the ultimate poser hipster thing to do is like he has no reason to have that mask maybe he does now because he got slashed in the face and shit but like uh, but like before he he doesn't he has no reason to have it. I still haven't seen Star Wars. Oh well. Oh, oh shit! Darn. Dang it! 
Sorry, sorry, Nolan. But yeah, Star Wars uh, Force Awakenings, like, I love it. Like, I kind of consider it a fan film, but the thing about, like, how it reflects, like, um, the first, like, episodes four and five, I mean, it, it pretty much feels like that's just a backdrop for the characters because they're not directly uh, involved in, like, the, the destruction of the new Death Star and such. The final battle is just about the characters. Yeah, well, I guess Poe is. Well, I think, yeah, the the final part is, but this, that's kind of why the the base we're really ruining this for nolan sorry nolan uh the that's why the base doesn't matter as much as it does in the original star wars because it's more about the fight with kylo than it is about destroying the base you know i mean but that's no i like that part but i don't like i just the the star killer base kind of bugs me i kind of wish they hadn't done the death star again yeah I i mean it's pretty much a big introduction for i guess a new generation of star wars kids no it it did a great job of like making you excited for the Star Wars again and getting everyone excited and it did what Disney wanted it to do. So it succeeded in that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of kids who say that the original Star Wars movies were just boring and they can't get, watch it. So I guess this is why Disney wanted to like sort of pay homage to all these to the original series like that. I guess when people when people tell me the originals are boring, they always put in so that's why I like the prequels more. I go the prequels I'm sorry, the prequels are far more boring than it's it's mm-hmm. just that people get weird about old movies. There's actually I've heard of there's a disease where people a mental disorder where people can't watch old movies because they think they're dusty. What? No, I'm, this is a real thing. I'm not messing. <laughs> I heard it. Billy Bob Thornton talked about it, that he can't watch. He can't eat and watch an old movie because he feels like dust will get in his food. And that's like a real. That's a real oh, thing. I, I had water in my mouth, so I wanted to spit it, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, there there are people who like don't have to commit to a joke, asshole. Will not will not watch old movies because they like think they're like, oh, I don't understand the context or what it was like then, and um, I always think that's weird because it's a movie about people in space. Um, yeah. So <laughs> on other planets, it's not. You know, but anyway, I mean, people always cite the prequels as oh, but they have such such good. Uh, choreography in the lightsaber scenes i'm like no they don't well the darth maul fight is i i will go to bat for it but the rest of it i think is bad but the darth maul fight was really well done but it's because ray park is an amazing uh has amazing physicality to when he fights like he's really good he's a fight choreographer and they were gonna have someone else play darth maul and then they went wait you're you're like really good at this but then he didn't have a subsequent career because he just did Toad in that X-Men movie and now he's Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movies but he's he's very talented but mm-hmm. it's kind of the problem with him fighting Liam Neeson Ewan McGregor is neither of them are as well trained in martial arts as Ray Park so I think you know the thing with those fights is they're really cool looking but emotionally they mean diddly squat mm-hmm. so I think I think more about the Empire and the Jedi the, the Empire Strikes Back and the Return of the Jedi lightsaber fights because those are emotional and same with Force Awakens that's emotional you know yeah. and yeah. it has to be like action sequences it's like a musical because each big set piece has to mean something to you as an audience and to bring this back to Force Awakens, that's why the Starkiller base thing means nothing. Because emotionally, you're like, I mean, that's cool, but I really care about this thing. And you have to get it to connect. Otherwise, you're just like, it's just explosions for explosion's sake. You have to get that explosion to mean something, you know. Sorry, that was a long rant. 
No, but yeah, no, I was going to say, like, uh, there's this one scene in uh, episode three where um, Anakin and Obi-Wan just twirl their lightsabers around for, like, five seconds straight, and then they hit each other. And that, that's just, I feel like that just kind of sums up the prequel choreography oh, in general. Yeah. They just twirl around their lightsabers a lot, a lot, then they hit, and then they'll just go back to twirling around a lot, and then well, maybe throw in some lightning or something else, and it's... I, the, that's the problem with the prequels is the Jedis were too powerful. And also, episode two and three, uh, Ray Park, I think, only worked on the first one. So after he left, they got way too, uh, I don't know, lightsaber happy. And like it's kind of like I posted on my Tumblr uh, a video of like one of the end fights where they fight in the Jedi Council. And it's like so ridiculous. Like how could how did we even people actually thought episode three was good when it came out like that's i'm not joking like episode got, what three episode three it got great reviews like the new york times said it was just as good of a star wars movie it's the best star wars movie since empire and try watching episode three now and telling me that movie's anywhere close to return of the Jedi. it's just a shit show it's so awful like, because they, they didn't pace anything well in the lightsaber scenes. Anyway, I'm sorry. We've gone on a really long yeah. Star Wars tangent. No, I can go so. on Star Wars all day. I just wanted to. I, it had been bugging me since I saw Star Wars. I was like, I bet Pan likes Kylo Ren. That's yeah. like, it kept bugging me. I wanted to Edge Lord. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I was watching uh, episode one and recently it's like wow this is so fucking boring like the the opening scene is just like just people trying to land a ship into some satellite or something and then they go in and yeah. then they just walk into a room and they sit down and have a drink and then something explodes and stuff finally happens like it's just like what was this build-up even for? It was nothing. But then the the first, the original 77 Star Wars, it starts with uh, all this booming music and the Star Destroyer shooting this other spaceship and, you know, all these, you know, there's a, a the stormtroopers fight the rebels. It's like all this exciting stuff happens, right? It Like, really, when I rewatched the original recently, I was like, man, this movie really, like, goes in and is like explosive and no wonder people knowing more about the seventies now, no wonder people just were flipping the fuck out for that movie. Cause it's really nothing like anything that was coming out at the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean like the prequels are just like, why is there so much of this politics crap? Like, I don't want to deal with this. No one cares. And George Lucas keeps saying, no, these were for kids. Even though like, I don't know what kid wants to listen to all this shit. I mean, he tried to explain, apparently if you if you worked with him, if you asked him any question about the prequels, he would answer it, and you'd be like, "Oh, that kind of makes like the metachlorines thing." Um, apparently, it's to show that they used to have technology for Jedi's, and that was destroyed by the Empire coming and stuff. And I was like, "That's a good explanation," but that thing is still dumb as shit. Yeah. I mean, so I think it actually was in that article I sent you about um, that show that. They made and got shelved completely. Yeah, um, what's oh, called um, Star Wars really? Detours. Oh, Detour, yeah, yeah. Okay, basically what this was, it was like a CGI, I think, TV show about Star Wars. Like, it's a bunch of skits yeah. and it kind of... It was by the Robot Chicken people, right? Yeah, like Seth Green is on there and stuff, but George Lucas confirmed they had 26 episodes done, but they've never been released. Just There's just this one trailer, but uh, 
They have the a whole season one is done, and I think half of season two. Yeah, but uh, like that extreme, and it's in a vault, and no one's seen it. Yeah, but here's here's what I've heard is that um, Disney wants to control what a new generation of uh, Star Wars fans will see. So this thing, they don't know who to market to it. It looks like it's for kids, but it relies on a bunch of references and in jokes on movies from before they were probably born. So it's like. Who is this for? And also, they just want, like, Force Awakens and, I guess, Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD and uh, the Battlefront games to be kids' first exposure to Star Wars. I mean, yeah. I don't think any of those even reference, like, the prequels. Except maybe Rebels. No, they, they only reference the prequels once in, or maybe twice in uh, Force Awakens when they mention the Sith. And then when uh, you can hear Ewan McGregor dubbed a line in during the dream sequel, the crazy lightsaber sequence but other than that and you can barely hear that so you know but it's also the thing with not referencing the prequels and force awakens makes sense because in star wars time it's literally been 60 years since the prequels so there we don't talk about it's not like we talk about what happened 60 years ago every day now so yeah but yeah i mean i understand it makes sense it just it sucks for if you worked on a show and they're like what happened to it and they go oh it's in a vault somewhere on and it might never come out i mean i i bet it will because people just love star wars but i don't think it's going to happen until um the movies are more cemented in people's minds yeah i mean this is star wars for a new generation i mean in all the marketing they really favored john boyega and daisy ridley Mm -hmm. and uh all the new people more than han solo and uh carrie fisher and all that stuff so yeah, but we all know the real star is BB-8. No, BB-8's the fucking man. I'm gonna fuck that thing. BB-8's it's, cool. I, 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 well, I guess I don't know who my favorite is, but I, it's a fun movie. It was cool having fun at the movies and having the public be into it. You know, didn't, didn't wasn't your review more negative, Jim? I recall your review being negative. Um, it was. Well, I have mixed feelings because I think my problem with it is that star Wars was all these influences, uh, particularly Kurosawa with hidden fortress and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my, uh, my problem with the new one is that it's big references, star Wars. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think JJ Abrams sat down and watched hidden fortress or thought about Kurosawa and John Ford. I think he thought about man, star Wars is awesome and it's good for that. And at the, when I shot the review, I'd only seen it once, but now my memories are are of seeing it with I took my family when I went to Baltimore and then I took my uh, wife's family to see it also. And it's like, yeah, I got to have a good time at the movies. And I think I'm more positive about it. And I like that people are excited, but I I'm not going to act like it's a perfect movie. And I know the problems with it. And it did make me think J.J. Abrams is kind of a hack because it's like <laughs> you've remade New Hope twice now motherfucker get a new influence like watch a different movie come on man don't do it twice and apparently disney was well aware he was doing this and he kind of got kicked off of all the other star wars stuff like he was gonna be the george lucas of the new trilogy and disney firmly went uh no i don't think so fuck out yeah it was basically like you're executive producer which means you can show up for a few meetings but that's about it because they recognized what he was doing is it's fine for a first movie, but it's like what Paramount should have done with Star Trek and been like, you do not need to come back again, though. Yeah. You can introduce us to this, but like 
he he relies too much on nostalgia and you know but i i still have fun with it i can watch a movie i have problems with and i guess force awakens is an example you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean people are like overly analyzing like this isn't as epic as the prequels this isn't like they well yeah a lot of people are saying at least the prequels did something different and i'm like i hate that argument because that's like saying like that's like when people are like you know we should respect original filmmaking and original stories and then they'll bring that up when jupiter ascending bombs and i'm like maybe like i don't think i think what they're saying the idea that something original is therefore better just because it's original is stupid because that doesn't make something better just because it's a new crazy idea and not a sequel that's, I mean, if it's executed that's well new. that's that's what matters yeah i mean people watch avatar even though it's the same shit as anything as a bunch of other well, movies yeah. the thing is a lot of filmmaking and storytelling is execution it's not that it's a wholly original idea so you know yeah. but but uh but yeah yeah so hey speak Oh, crap. Well, I just wanted to get this news <laughs> report out of the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. A forbidden world has just been opened to a lucky chosen one. Whoa. The panda? Yes, the panda. He's a little too big. Oh. And too clumsy. But Poe is about to prove she's just what they needed. Work hard, Panda. Maybe someday you will have ears like mine. <laughs> Jack Black, DreamWorks, Kung Fu Panda. Rated DG. But, uh, hey, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, that got into a lawsuit recently. Uh, back in 2011, um, some guy claimed that DreamWorks stole his idea for Kung Fu Panda, because back in the year 2000, he pitched to them this idea for a for a movie about a martial arts panda, which he has the designs for. Although it came out recently that these designs were stolen from a Disney coloring book five years before he pitched his idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and, what? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll link the, the news report in the description, but like, um, DreamWorks spent, uh, was, was it... Three million dollars trying to defend themselves from this lawsuit they could have lost. Somehow they just found this coloring book. It's like, hey, this is just like this. So good, good on them for finding the coloring book that happened to have the art that he stole that that he pitched with. That's, that's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, but uh, if, if this guy's convicted, he will be sentenced to twenty five years in federal prison. Well, yeah, that's fraud. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fucking fraud. Like this is what we like to call hubris. He almost got away with it. He flew too close to the sun yeah. and his wings melted. Damn. Well, he sounds too lazy to have flying too close to the sun, but he thought about flying too close to the sun. Okay. And that was his problem. I don't know. I guess he saw DreamWorks. I don't know. He just saw like a Kung Fu Panda trailer on TV and just saw a coloring book on the floor. He's like, huh? Hey, there's a panda in this. I can use this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dick. Yeah. You think he might have like... Someone should have pointed him to WoW. WoW? Yeah, um, World of Warcraft, apparently they had, like, a Pandora, like, thing where they had Kung Fu Pandas running around there, too. Oh, yeah! (laughs) Yeah, the new expansion for World of Warcraft with Panda Kung Fu Fighters for some reason. Hmm. What's this thing? Yeah, so, so, I mean, like, if he didn't get found out by the, uh, the the coloring book... He could have had another case. It would have been great. We could have seen like a reoccurring thing. It would have been amazing. Exhibit A, a coloring <laughs> book from Disney. 
Okay, so you guys want to get into the questions? Okay. I was going to oh, no, ask no. you about the Oscars. Okay, ask about the Oscars, Jim. Oh, what did you guys think of the animation nomination? I don't watch the Oscars. I don't watch no, the it Oscars. Didn't. Oh, no, I mean just the nominations came out for Best Animated Feature, and there was a surprise. Is ba- uh, Back to Hell on there? Oh, no. Uh, oh, from Hell and Back? Hell and Back, yeah. No, it was uh, well. The, it was Inside Out, Anomalisa, um, Shaun the Sheep movie, and then when Marnie was there. But the surprise when Marnie was there was a bit of a surprise. But uh, this Brazilian animated film called Boy in the World, mm-hmm. and everyone thought Good Dinosaur was going to get nominated, but it didn't. And Good Dinosaur is actually the first Disney is the third Disney movie. Sorry, third Pixar movie not to get nominated and the first original Pixar movie not to get nominated since the category started because the other two are Cars 2 and Monsters University. So, but, um, but a boy, I saw boy in the world and it's pretty, it's interesting, but it's cool that they picked a really obscure movie and didn't, I can't wait for inside out to win. No, inside out's going to probably win. But anyway, sorry. I just wanted to mention that that was kind of a big, it was the first time a Brazilian animated film has been nominated. Which is cool, but yeah. on the other hand, Inside Out is going to win. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. I mean, that movie's just happy it's getting the exposure of being nominated. They yeah, have, yeah. They've done that with, yeah. like, uh, Cat in Paris and Ernest and Celestine. It's like a movie that now will get, uh, when it gets released on DVD, will get a nice display at Best Buy when it comes out, mm-hmm. which normally it probably wouldn't even get a DVD release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In America, at least. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. I keep der- deriding the whole podcast. Oh, yeah. No, I, I want to make a little note about Good Dinosaur. I A friend of mine had it on, like, had a fr- legit, co- less than legit copy of it on his flash drive and, like, let me have the flash drive. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting with this movie and I have yet to, like, you know, actually put it in. Like, I, I like, yesterday I was like, I have nothing to do. I should pop in something. And I wound up looking at Netflix instead of this movie and it's like I, mean, I don't i don't know why but there's just nothing like driving me to want to go see it well it's not a it's it's a good it's good but it's not as good as inside out and i did notice the morning of the oscar nominations when good dinosaur wasn't nominated in all the coverage there was like a sentence about how of course good dinosaur didn't get nominated it's as good as someone pooping on a stick and acting like it's a movie or something it was just like they went way too far to like just talk shit about good dinosaur i was like guys like let's calm down a little bit like it wasn't i don't think it was as good as inside out and it's not their best by any means but it wasn't an awful movie i mean it was better than home and people were more there was nothing mean about home written when that happens no one gave a shit about home no it did but i did learn you know dreamworks is actually the most nominated studio not pixar Hmm. they pixar has 10 in total and dreamworks has 11 so as of right now even though pixar has won the most times i think they won like eight times but dreamworks has been nominated more well Well, i think that's only because dreamworks has been around longer and they've shoved out more movies per year uh yeah Yeah. i think they've gotten nominated twice a couple times also i've probably mentioned this on the podcast before but i just really want to talk about it because uh, we have not, we haven't heard anything about um, the uh, DreamWorks Captain Underpants adaption. And oh, that's true. Yeah. And the last we heard about it was that Kevin Hart was going to be on it. I think Ed Helms, maybe. Well, who's who's the? I don't know anything about Captain Underpants. So who's doing the main voice? 
um, well, it, the story is about two kids, George and Harold, and they're like, uh, our principal is a fucking asshole, so let's uh, get this hypno ring, and we'll hypnotize him, and we'll make him just do stupid shit. Uh-huh. And they hypnotize him, and then he, they um, trick him into thinking he's their the superhero they made in their comics, Captain Underpants. Uh-huh. And uh, these two kids, these 10-year-olds, are going to be voiced by two of uh, um, comedy's uh, greatest uh, titans. Hold on, let me pull this up. Kevin Hart? Yeah, Kevin Hart. Hey, Kevin Hart beat Star Wars at the box office this week. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Is it's, Kevin Hart? You know what I... Oh, what? is that is it the bunny? Is that the bunny in the new? Uh, oh, he's he's the bunny in the secret look. But you know what I realized? This is the um, every weekend because John Boyega is one of the leads in Star Wars, and Ride Along uh, stars Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Every movie that's been number one at the box office in 2016 has had a black lead. Hmm. So oh, yeah. that's semi progress if you're feeling down about. And not one of them are nominated. No. no. Well, come on. <laughs> Let's not go too far. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ed Helms is Captain Underpants. Um, I've heard it, it, I've heard negative things about him. I haven't seen anything he's in, but he, he can. Most of his movies are bad. He's hasn't made too many good ones. So basically, he's a uh, box office poison. Um. Well, the Hangover movies do well. I mean, I don't know. Our critical reception poison. Let's go into the next news. Hasbro. (laughs) So Hasbro has promised a theatrical crossover like the Avengers, but with their own properties starring um, G.I. Joe, Micronauts, Visionaries, Mask, and Rom. And... Boring. Next news. Yeah, boring. No one gives yes. a shit about those yeah. other four properties. Yeah. No. Like, if, if it was like GI Joe, Transformers, and the Gem movie, I would have been down. <laughs> Gem movie. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. They could. They could just be like. They can just go to a restaurant and Gem and the holograms of the waitresses, and oh. they're like, "Hey, are you guys a band?" And go. We were. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we work here. By the way, you guys failed to mention that apparently Kesha is one of the misfits at yeah. the end of the movie. That happens. Pan mentioned post credit sequence. I don't remember him mentioning Kesha. I, was oh one no, no, no! I'm well, surprised Pan stuck around for those credits because I was like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I want to well, just stop. Oh, well, I wanted to be a spoiler-free review. That's like you, you reach in the cat the man, the people are there. You, it's not spoiler free. Well, you know, it was a surprise to me. It's like, what? Like, in case someone wants to see it, like, they'll be surprised. Like, oh, a pleasant surprise from this shit film, you know? <laughs> well, you could have spent there, there's a there's a there's a Marvel style post end credits. That, yeah. that would have been enough. Like telling us it's the misfits to kind of like uh, it doesn't matter. But can we talk about how Kesha is like the ideal perfect candidate for that role? That's amazing. What, what I what I want to actually th- you're right. But why did they not get Glenn Danzig and the real misfits to play the misfits? <laughs> That's what I wanted. I wanted Glenn Danzig to be like, I hate Jim. I hate her. <laughs> that, was, that was the most unattractive laugh I've ever made. <laughs> I just, I just like, how come no one has done that parody and it's just the same Gem and the Holograms and just Glenn Danzig redubs all of Pizzazz's lines like, I, Daddy, 
Eric, Eric Raymond, we need to take down Jim. Like that would be hilarious. That'd be more fun as an animated project where you just take, just keep the same Jim 80s intro, but then just replace them with the Misfits characters. We are the Misfits. We do it better. (laughs) I could do that. I could do this all day. Yeah. Uh, no, that that they could do lame. Never mind. I'm stopping. Mm-hmm. All right, it was gonna be dumb. So you want to get into the questions? Do we have any more segues or anything to like delay it? I don't know. Does anyone want to talk about Cloverfield Two? Eh. Oh, oh, ten Cloverfield. There was a Cloverfield One. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cloverfield. No, ten Cloverfield uh, Lane is a. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm tired of this. Bull- I don't care about that movie. Next <laughs> questions. Anybody has a question, be sure to write them in the YouTube comments and start out with the word question so it's easier to find. So our first question is from the Chill Yoshi 64 Question. What's the stupidest thing a teacher has done? One day, my history teacher didn't give a shit, so he put on a Watch Mojo video about the Vietnam War. <laughs> oh! As a teacher, just wait. Was it was it a top ten list about <laughs> top ten worst things? Vietnam <laughs> War facts. Top ten epic fails of Vietnam War. <laughs> so hope it was. That sounds amazing. Has a teacher ever just like said "fuck it" and here's a video? Uh, when I was in school, yeah, that would happen all the time. Like. Mm-hmm. It was just like, or I like when they would leave for a day, give us busy work, and then not understand why we didn't do it. And I'd look at them like, you just changed the lesson, and then you want us to be invested in this with a crappy substitute? Come on now. No. Come on. The the worst busy work is the ones where you have to, like, uh, those puzzle things, the ones where it's a bunch of letters in a grid, and you need to, like, find these words they listed, you know? Mm -hmm. You have to circle those. Oh, wait, actually, I know one that happened to me. I went to this school and part of the year they want to do a ski trip, but I think skiing's stupid, so I don't do it. And um, they were like, well, if you come, you can just hang out in the lodge. And I was like, why would I, why would I do that? Why, I have, I, so I was like, I'm not going to go. And they're like, oh, well, if you stay, you, you get to sit here and learn about the history of Annapolis, Maryland. And I was like, I'm staying home. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> like, it, it felt like that Simpsons joke where they're like, uh, the crusty trading cards and they're like, crusty visits relatives in Annapolis, Maryland. Do you remember that joke? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Annapolis is okay, but it's kind of boring too. Oh, but I remember there was this one time where my, where our tea for Pi day, uh, January, March 14th. Pi Wait, day? you know what day Pi Day is off the top of your head? No, you, you, not the off the top of my head. I had to think about it like January, February, March. There's a Pi Day? Is March. that like a Texas thing? You know, 3.14, yeah. March 14th, you know? Oh, pi, I was thinking of the food pie. It, this makes so much. I was like... It's fucking Christ, Jim. <laughs> to be fair, Jim, they do. you do celebrate Pi Day by eating pie because it's funny and ironic and it's not clever. Oh, uh, See, I it's really thought, I was like, Pan was really into pie. Like, he was like, okay, sorry. Oh, I have anyway. another pie story for later. But anyway, this first pie story is like, um, I don't know, we just went on, on the projector, uh, the teacher just got us together and we were just watching some video explaining pie day i think it was like a dr worm video by um they might be giants about pie i think 
if that existed. I don't know, but eventually we were just, like, the kids were like, yeah, click on one of the side-related videos, and it was just, like, this cringy-ass, bad CG animation of just someone beatboxing, and I had to sit there and fucking watch with these CG possums that were so poorly animated, like, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. Yeah, and, like, um... My science teacher always tries to get us involved in the class because, you know, teenagers are very lazy and they just don't really get involved in the, sci- uh, the science questions. So she plays like little rap videos all the time mm. of like all these concepts. And it just... Mm. Did, did, she, uh, it's, did she rap her own? Did she... she tried once. It oh. didn't turn out well. What was the... Wait, what beat did she use? <laughs> Uh, it was just a person going, like, just doing, like, a freestyle, like, you know, just terribly. Just, oh. it, yeah. That sounds like it would have taken a few years off your life. It, it did. <laughs> they say secondhand embarrassment is more dangerous than firsthand. Oh, man. Two. I'm going to use that. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. There's been a couple of TV shows that I can't watch. Because of it, like I'm rewatching Parks and Rec, and there's an episode where Leslie is trying to get a, a, some voter to like her, and she just goes out of her way, and I'm just like, I can't watch this. It, 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 she's so like what she's doing is so embarrassing that I can't, I can't handle it. Secondhandly, oh, I'm just like that I'm was done. the big thing in the 2000s was uh, comedy that was really imba- hard to watch. It was so embarrassing. I feel like we don't do that anymore. Well, with characters like, trying to speak at yeah, yeah. Mm. But uh, so my second pie story, um, <laughs> this one time me and my friends w- were at, a, at our house, like uh, we were watching the new episode of Billy and Mandy and there was an episode of Billy and Mandy, well, the Hector Concarne segments where, I don't know, it was just a musical episode where they were singing about pie. So what we decided to do was get our tape recorder and record about two hours of us having a pie radio show. Singing about pie. Do you <laughs> still have the tapes pie. of that? <laughs> I can, think, can, you should put that up. I think yeah. it turned out we didn't hit record properly, so we fucked up. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> record properly. It's a fucking button. <laughs> no, I think we hit rewind. I think, and we were rewinding really. Who knows? But yeah, oh, wow. our entire pie anthology was just lost in time. Yeah. So. Terrible. Any other horrible teacher stories? Uh, not not a terrible one, but kind of a weird one. Hmm. Um. Uh, in my in one of my English classes, we were reading uh Romeo and Juliet, and for whatever reason, our our English teacher tries as hard as possible for us not to read in that class. So she'll play like movie clips and stuff that are semi related to what's going on. Uh-huh. So like you know like the. The Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Romeo and Juliet, and all that. That that makes some uh, some sense. But one time, she played the movie Contagion in class. What's for that no have to do reason. With anything? Exactly. It's a good movie. I mean, yeah, but. <laughs> like, what you, does this is this have the to science do with class? Was... No, this was English. I I don't get it. That's weird. I, I don't get it either. Because the, the, the DiCaprio one is actually um, 
believe it or not, is the most, um, even though they updated it to the 90s or whatever, it uses all, the like most of the play. I don't think the other versions do. So that nice. one makes it. That one makes a lot of sense, but like I would defend that. But like, what? Why would you contagion? Maybe because uh, Matt Matt Damon's in it. Or, <laughs> no, Kate Winslet's in both of those. I just got it. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. There we go. That, that's the. Con- Thank you, Jim. You answered one of the hardest questions I've tr- had about high school. Thank I you. I bet. I bet. I bet your teacher. That's what your teacher thought. I go. Kate Winslet's in both. Ah, there we go. Uh, this, this reminds we me of... We're also going to watch Divergent next week. Oh. This reminds <laughs> me, XLR was telling us, well, telling me about, uh, during math class, uh, his teacher would often play the movie Minority Report, and he keeps uh-huh. asking, like, what does this have to do with math? And not even the teacher knew. We just wanted to watch Minority Report. <laughs> What's sad is he thought it was a documentary on minorities in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't get why Tom Cruise is on the cover. I guess he narrates it. <laughs> Could be. I think this is just like bad teacher things, I guess, like what they do in class that's stupid. Because uh, like in high school, I took French for my language because I'm an idiot and didn't think, wait, maybe Spanish would be the more appropriate thing to take. Mm-hmm. But um, so I took French because it was a language of love. I was cringy as, in, as fuck in high school. But uh, the How teacher didn't actually... I'm 25. I'm, about, I'm going to be 26 on January 22nd. Wait, I I'm thought you were excited. like... Oh, never mind. Wait, wait. How old do you think I was? Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Never mind. Never mind. No, no. What? Go, go. Shoot. What? I don't know what if you're lo- I thought Gables was talking. Whoops, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, wow. no. I told you Gables did, uh, did a really good Stev impression. Nobody believed me. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> okay, no, no. but... My, my French teacher didn't actually spend time in class teaching us about French. She mostly went over how there's a uh, human trading ring, like slave trading in France. Like, don't ever go. Be careful if you visit there because they do snatch up tourists and enter them into the slave trading. Like, that was the whole the, the whole year. That's Wait, did, was that the year Taken came out and it really freaked her out? Uh, it was like 2006-ish, I think. Oh, that was that was a pre-taken world. <laughs> uh, but anyways, she uh, she was not there the next year because you have to take two parts at the school I went to. Oh, and really? so now we're in part two of French, knowing nothing. And now we're mixed in with the other because there was two French teachers, you know, whatever your schedule could fit. And uh, the second the second teacher obviously like favored her children because she actually taught them stuff. And she just thought the rest of us were idiots. It was the most embarrassing thing I ever went through because I'm just like, we didn't learn shit. And then on but top of that. Let me tell you about human. You were like, I didn't learn shit. But let me tell you about human trafficking. <laughs> and then um, in college, I was forced to take Spanish because that was the only language they had. And the teacher assumed we took Spanish like genius, you know, actual smart people. People with common sense. So that was fun. So like, you know, two two language classes I learned nothing in. Well, three technically, but like two because I didn't take the previous class and they just assumed you did. I struggled in both. It wasn't mm. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's my my, yeah. my rant about teachers. I can barely It's hard Spanish. because I teach. I teach. So like most of my stories are like, oh, no way I do that. In my class. I had a Spanish oh. teacher who couldn't even speak English and it's like. I mean, if you can't learn none of the language, who are you to teach others to learn another language? You know? That's a good point. Hi! 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 
Deathman X Pen. I noticed that some of your titles for podcasts seemed kind of clickbaity. Like the one episode we was called Inside Out Sucks. Is this just for laughs or are you trying to get more views? Kind of both. You're a fucking clickbaiting piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, both. BuzzFeed. Hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, anyway, I don't think hey we're guys, like BuzzFeed at all. Pen's but... next video. Top ten, um, top ten, uh, Rugrats facts. Top ten Oops. diaper fetishes and Rugrats. Hell yeah! Shut the fuck up! Oh no! <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know. I like the, uh, the one, the one podcast where it's called the Good Dinosaur Fucking Bombs, and the, the, <laughs> the thumbnail is just this fucking explosion of shit that doesn't make sense. But you know, Which I don't know. It didn't bomb, but anyway, it's a fucking disaster. It's a failure for Pixar. I mean, no, it's definitely uh, a failure. Clickbait stuff. Uh, not really clickbait as much, but uh, two things regarding my channel. One, I did I covered the Steven Bomb with like vlogs. And I noticed that if I put a character that happened like appear premieres in that episode, which everyone considers a spoiler, so that's fair. Like I put Garnet when her uh, few her first fuse appearance as a thumbnail. A lot of people were like, Well, you, you made spoilers. But then I was like, all right, so I avoided them as much as possible. But I noticed the views started dropping. So it turns out if you're covering a cartoon show, the more spoilery the uh, the thumbnail, the most likely people will click on it. Yeah, because that's um, the part they're most excited about. Yeah, because it looks different. Like they, they've never seen that image before. So it's like, oh, is that the new episode? You know, well, but the, the exact problem... same. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Well, the problem. No, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, um, to finish up my channel stuff, I recently announced that I'm going to be doing less art on my channel because uh, let's just say this. Uh, I did it, my demo reel, which has nothing but animation in it for a minute, uh, has more views than my video of me talking about Garnet, but it has it made me only like $10 versus me talking about Garnet made me $80. And I'm not the guy that does it only for the money. The video, of like, you know, the demo reel was a year's worth of work. Me talking about Garnet was like me on a can, you know microphone discussing something I really really enjoyed, really passionate about, and it only took like an hour to edit. Yeah, we're all Jews here. Yeah. Oh, so, so I made a post saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm changing up. I'm going to focus a little bit on reviews and talking about things that I really enjoy because it's not it's not, it doesn't making watch me draws feels like work now. You know, like it stresses me out because there's a certain level of like quality people want recording my screen while doing it. It's difficult things like that." And I wanted to, you know, show more of my personality on my channel. Like me being on this podcast has like, uh, you know, helped people, you know, connect with me. So I want to do that more on my own channel. Mm -hmm. And I made a, I made my, my thumbnail was channel update, Steven Universe from now on. But then immediately in the video, I say, hey, guys, that was just a lie. I just wanted to see people comment angrily. Well, guess what? There was plenty of people who commented before watching the video. Uh -huh. People don't actually watch YouTube videos. They see the thumbnail. They read the title. And, that, and then they make their opinion on the video. Or they watch a minute of it or something. Oh, this, this well, reminds me like, um. well, sorry to go off topic. Well, go ahead. What? Oh, uh, well, I was just with the spoiler thing. The only thing that I think non-spoiler reviews work really well the weekend or the day something comes out. 
But since these videos exist for, you know, forever after that, I think it's better to ha just have them in there because for most of these things lives, people will know what the spoilers are. It's just for those few couple days. And then I've noticed that, and I've heard this from other people, that when they do non-spoiler reviews, nobody really wants to watch them after those that month because they're just kind of like, well, why don't I watch a video that will actually talk about it? Why would I watch this thing? Yeah. And it just kind of dates it basically, you know. I, was go I remember a while back I went on YouTube and I saw someone's video titled first impressions of um fantasy star on sega genesis it's like why are you making a first impressions video of a video game from 30 years ago 20 years ago <laughs> to relate to jim i basically so uh, being like cautious of the spoiler thing i started uploading the videos with non-spoilers for the first night and then after that i changed the thumbnails and i noticed that there's like 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 i said uh, before it was like barely any views, and then when I change the thumbnail, it immediately jumps up because now it catches people's eyes in the related videos section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So totally down with that. Yeah. <laughs> Clickbait for your life. Okay, so next question. Uh, the laziest Mark question. What was your favorite celebrity cameo? Uh, Bill Murray in Space Jam. Da, 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 da. Actually, I did like Bill Murray in Space. Bill Murray in Zombieland also. Oh, but Bill Murray in every movie where he's playing Bill Murray. Got oh, it. Bill, Nailed it. Bill, Bill Murray, that one time he punched me in the face for breaking into his house. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, my favorite celebrity cameo is, well, it was a Simpsons episode where he starred in it, but Mel Gibson in The Simpsons. Remember that? Oh, what did he do in this? I forget Okay, now. so in this episode, this was back, this was, uh, I think, 2001 or two, back, you know, a different time when people loved Mel Gibson. So, um... And the Simpsons. <laughs> so what happened was, uh, there was a film, they were having a special screening for an upcoming Mel Gibson movie, and everyone praised it, like, for the preview screening, except Homer, who said, wow, that movie was more boring than church. And Mel Gibson himself knew that the movie was shit, so he he invited Homer to Hollywood to refilm the movie with his suggestions and make this big stupid action movie. I remember <laughs> this. You started to sound familiar. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but the whole issue in the in that movie, I mean, in that episode of The Simpsons, is that people just love Mel Gibson too much, and they're too afraid to criticize him. Well, people people did. I will say. People really did love Mel Gibson for a long time. I mean, have you seen Clueless? She talks about how she loves Mel Gibson and that. I mean, and there's a lot of time. There was actually, you want to hear a funny sketch that they'll never air again on SNL was he was the host and they made a sketch. This isn't a joke. I saw this with my own eyes. It was called Mel Gibson Dream Gynecologist. And I don't think they would make that sketch now. Now it would be Nightmare Gynecologist. <laughs> Because he was like this dreamy guy. But the, the other thing that bugs me about when people disregard Mel Gibson is when I watched all the Mad Max movies again, I was like, you know, he was like a good actor for a little bit. Like, I love I still love the first two Lethal Weapons and uh, Road Warrior and the original Mad Max. And like there's certain parts of his film career I, re I, I probably watch once a year. So it's not like he was I know he's a cringy person, but don't. Don't not watch his good movie. Like Road Warriors, one of the best movies, one of the best sci-fi movies ever. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I got on this Mel Gibson. I do think he's cringy, and I don't appreciate cringy. any stuff. What do you mean? Cringy. He's cringy. 
cringy. I don't it makes know. Me cringy. I mean, I think there's another. <laughs> there's other reasons why uh, people. The well, general no, concession. the whole Holocaust denying thing, and the I don't like approve any of his comments or what he says to his wife on the phone and stuff. But, um, but I like him in Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but I. I wouldn't call those cringy per se. That's true. That's true. But I don't have to like someone personally to watch their movie. 20 minutes later. He sucks, but he also did this. And I think that's... People like to just go, this person's this thing, and that's it. And people are... Weird. What was the question that led us to this? I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not you, man. I'm, I'm like... I'm, I really went off on that. Sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm Cameos it. from a thing. Oh, oh cameos. Um, <laughs> Celebrity cameos. I don't know how we got. Oh, because Pan brought up Mel Gibson. Uh, let's go next. <laughs> Other cameos. Ernest Borgnine in The Simpsons. Sonic and Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> That's not a celebrity cameo. Fuck you. Yeah. Sonic is totally a celebrity. Yeah, maybe 20 years ago. Fuck you. Hey, Sonic's cool. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually. George Clooney when he just did the dog in that one South Park episode. He was just the dog that went ruff ruff. That's oh yeah, he was did. also in Spy Kids as the president, except uh they what they did is they just showed a video of him talking through a conference phone thing. And yeah. really he was pantsless in that scene, like behind the scenes. He was just he was just in his room and they and they said, Hey, we need you to film a cameo. Uh put on the top half of this suit and we'll just film you for three seconds. Really? Yeah. Uh. Spy Kids 3D, I think. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of weird... Ca- yeah, that's the thing that the old Spy Kids did that the new one didn't do, is that there was all these stupid cameos and celebrities, and the new one, like, the closest you got to a cool cameo was, um, Machete was there for literally a second and did nothing. He was just... They just panned by him, and that was it. Uh-huh. It was a waste. But, uh, here's a more esoteric question. Time Palette says, question... More of a 90s, ki- 90s question than animation. Do you guys remember 100 Good Deeds of Eddie McDowd? Always thought they had to make 100 episodes to complete the show. Not only that, but in one of the episodes, a good deed was deducted. That show never had a conclusion. Anyone remember this show? I remember. Okay. I do. Vaguely. <laughs> let me, let me, for a bunch of kids watching this, let me explain 100 Good Deeds of Eddie McDowd. Basically, it was about this bully played by Seth Green of all people, and he bullied all these kids. And one day, um, he messed with a homeless guy by smashing up his car, and the homeless guy was like a wizard or something, and said, I'm going to turn you into a dog, and you have to complete 100 good deeds. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. Okay. So he gets turned into a dog and must complete 100 good deeds so he can be turned back into a human, which is a very unrealistic um, premise for a show because Seth Green could never play a bully to anyone. I, I'll yeah. believe the dog part, but Seth Green being the bully, no. Like, if you're being bullied by <laughs> Seth Green, your life is over. What if when at the end, if the show had made it to 100... After he turns back, he actually was aging like a dog ages, so he'd be oh, no. tremendously older as a human. Oh, oh man. Damn. <laughs> well, that's a horrible twist, but yeah. Does anyone actually yeah. watch this shit? No. no. Okay. No. I watched Eddie McDowd. I just uh, remember one kind of went away from him. Nowadays, where he, they complete the series, 
And then once he turns back to human, he's just an adult Seth Green. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, um, I think the only notable thing about this show is that in season two, uh, they changed the theme song. And can you guess what they changed the theme song to? Something from Bullied for Soup? No, it's probably Who Let the Dogs Out. Yes! Who Let the Dogs Out? They fucking used that shit everywhere in the 2000s. That song was fucking... That was like the Gangnam style of the 2000s. Oh, jeez. Psychologo 121. Question. How do you feel about cartoons slash movies making pop culture references or using memes? Don't do it. it um, don't. It's creative. I, like, it just shows you're creatively dry for ideas. It. I'm kind of, I've been watching older movies now uh, that reference things like from the 40s, that were made in the 40s that were pop culture referencing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there's so many things that I have to look up what they are. And I'm wondering, because people have always said in 50 years, no one will understand Family Guy. And I kind of wonder what it'll be like to show family, you know, if I'm live that long and I can show it to someone, what they'll even think of the first season. They'll be like, what the hell is half of this crap? Because it really dates you. Like for every movie that can do it, like blazing saddles or something. And it's still funny. There's like 20, there's like a hundred thousand that like, it just doesn't live on because nobody gets it, you know? So I would say just don't be too interested in, absolutely current things try to do things that people will actually understand you know don't do things that happen that week because it's it has an expiration date Mm -hmm. i mean i was watching um ugly americans like reruns of it and there was an episode where they were parodying twilight and it just made me think oh this was made in 2010 around there yeah it feels very stale i mean like if you're gonna reference something like reference something that's at least older than five years just to know if it has like a cultural relevance you know yeah, yeah, you don't – all the Twilight jokes, like, now when I think of that, I was like, why didn't people just let that go? Like, it seems super lame now. You're like – because it was everywhere. It was funnier. But yeah. it's like what Fifty Shades of Grey jokes will be like. <laughs> I mean, I can't – what's that movie, Fifty Shades 50 of shades, Black? Fifty Shades of Grey already are, like, tired old jokes. Yeah, it's like Nobody you can't – you can't like when you do that kind of stuff. It just it really dates you. Yeah. So you know. I mean, I like uh, certain movies that <laughs> that have some some pop culture references, but they don't rely on it. Like I guess Rick and Morty would be a good example of them just openly referencing movies. Well, if you do it like when when Dan Harmon does it, it like sometimes connects to the plot. Yeah. Or it's like an interesting critique on something. But I think when you just do it to do it, it's also that the problem is pop culture referencing wasn't as big in the 90s as it became in the 2000s. And I think um, that kind of, uh, like when Mystery Science Theater used to do it, I thought it was amazing because no one else really did it. But now, like, I don't know if I, I know Mystery Science Theater is coming back, but I think it would be harder for me to watch them make Twilight jokes and jokes about Bernie Sanders, you know? Yeah. I would be like, I have to see this on my Facebook feed all day. Are you kidding me? You know, it's like not as, there was no Facebook feed in 97. Yeah, I mean, it it just feels like it's going to get old <laughs> very fast. Yeah. Oh, man, I was watching the Cleveland show, and they were making fun of AMC, and they were saying, AMC, where we air Mad Men and nothing else. And I checked, and it's like, oh, this episode came out the same year Walking Dead came out, so already this is dated. Yeah. I mean, you have to be careful. It doesn't – I don't know. I mean, The Simpsons, I think, do it a lot better, frankly. But I don't think uh... – 
Yeah. Because they would make they they didn't really do much topical stuff until later, you know. But South Park stuff holds up fairly well and they do it. So yeah, except for vote or die. Which one's voted? Oh, that one doesn't work. But the you know what's one really works and was super topical was the the voting one where it was a uh, a giant douche versus a, versus a turd sandwich. Yeah. That's like every election as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is the end of the podcast. Unless anyone else has anything else to say, I got to make churro French toast. He has to make his churros. So is this the end, Gables? Do you have anything to say? You didn't say shit. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, tell us a story, I, Gables. I really wanted, uh, I wanted to talk about, like, uh, the, the Cloverfield, like, sequel, whatever, because I, I realized something about it. What? It'd probably be a better reveal that, like, they didn't market it at all as a Cloverfield movie and then reveal in the movie it's within the same universe, like, as if that was, like, a twist or something. That's not going to make money. No, I well, know, but I'm just saying with like whole like how JJ's mystery box thing. Well, it know? worked. What they did is they kind of corrected the marketing mistake of the first Cloverfield. Was that when you saw Transformers, when I left the when I left the theater, everyone was just talking about Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh man, I can't wait to see it." But that Cloverfield came out six months later. So it wasn't as anticipated as it was in September. So what he did is he's like, "What if I put out the trailer two months before?" And so now everyone's going to see Cloverfield Lane because they're excited and they're talking about it still. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that makes sense. Okay. So I think, and he also, by the way, he um, this is he did that for with the first Transformers, and he's doing this one with he put it out with Thirteen Hours, which is a new Michael Bay movie. Oh yeah. So and and his first writing job, J.J. Abrams' first writing job was on Armageddon, so he has a Michael Bay connection. Ah. Uh. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Cloverfield 2, like, it, it, you know, it's just going to be entirely in that bunker, and maybe we'll see the monster through a, a crappy little window, because the budget I mean, is only $5 million. The theory It's probably is, not even going to be the monster. It's probably going to be, like, the little, like, parasite things. Yeah. Well, the theory is is that, that the monster... I didn't see the first Cloverfield, actually, but is the monster called Cloverfield or something? Uh, oh. It's called Clover, but it's never, like, addressed oh, no, 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 in the movie. There's, uh, no, there's no name for the monster. The only reason the movie is called Cloverfield well, the, is because... I'm just going off, like, what Wikipedia says. No, wait, like, why, Wikipedia why is it called Cloverfield? Because uh, that's where they shot the film on some set on Cloverfield Street or something, and they just said, eh, let's just call it that because the fans call it that. Because, okay, when the Cloverfield trailer first premiered, there was no title. All there was to go on is, like, releasing one eighteen oh eight. And no, yeah. nobody knew what it was or what to call it. So eventually someone found out it was being shot on Cloverfield Lane or something. And people called it that. Like they were originally going to call it uh, Slusho because there was a guy whose T-shirt had the had a, a slushy on it that says Slusho. Yeah, because that's I mean, an old JJ stuff. I mean, as much as people criticize the mystery box after Star Wars came out, I think he he kind of had to get the mystery box to work again or find a new way to write stories but clearly jj abrams doesn't want to do that so mm-hmm. um you know but i'm i'm curious and also i love john goodman so i'm more like john goodman's in a movie i'm there like yeah know, john goodman's yeah. good like i can't name a movie john goodman's been bad in you know so i think it'll be cool but i don't it it was interesting suddenly having this trailer and it was originally on the slate called Valencia and people had started to go, how come there's not a trailer for this movie that comes out in two months? 
and suddenly we got one and they changed the title to 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. So. I want to believe that it's just going to be some random movie that's like, eh, slap the Cloverfield name on it, whatever. Yeah. I, I hope it's not like found footage because like – Well, found oh, no, footage no. – Found footage okay. is over in terms okay. of yeah. I don't think they're doing that. That was a trend that's Yeah. Actually I think last time I was on here, one of the times I, I complained about a Doctor Who episode doing found footage. Oh recently. yeah, we we did talk about yeah. No, the last found footage movie I think was Project Almanac. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the last one. But like this trailer well, is, hard is it's shot conventionally on like actual like, you know, like a film, you know, not found footage yeah. at all. I mean okay. I'm I'm curious about it. I I hope it, but I'm wondering how it connects. Some people said it's a prequel. Some people said it's like what society is like after the first Cloverfield. I mean, no one seems to know, but I think it's fun that we can all, we don't know. It's like, we know so much about movies before they come out. Like um, most of Star Wars, I kind of knew about. So it's kind of cool to be like, what's going to happen? Like, that's kind of exciting. And, you know, I know Abrams always wants that to happen, but it seems like for right now, it kind of is. So. Well, the thing about it is you can tell it takes place afterwards because the girl's cell phone in the trailer is brand new, like completely different from something that would be in 2008. Ooh, good observation. So this is so you can tell this was some bullshit that they slapped on the Cloverfield name. Well, supposedly there is a twist with why they're in the bunker, but no one's sure because no one's sure if what the original Valencia script was has been changed or what happens so there's a lot of questions right now nobody knows the answers they're, to they're, they're so. gonna pull a village an m night Shyamalan village it's, oh so they went they, they realize they're in the movie the village <laughs> yeah. yeah that's an <laughs> that even worse be, thing oh my god they go like we're in the movie the village we have to get out of the village in the movie the village and then get out of once we're out of that, find a way to get out of this movie that we're in, which is the movie The Village, right? <laughs> they end up in uh, Last Airbender after that. <laughs> they, wind up, they wind up in The Visit and they think they're fine until they realize, oh, I don't want to blow The Visit spoiler, you know. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It, it looks interesting a, enough. There's a twist. He always, Shyamalan, you think he learns. He doesn't learn. <laughs> He's always got to have a twist. <laughs> The twist was he got you to spend 10 bucks again. Oh, oh, oh zing. <laughs> yeah. That's the Shyamalan twist. And then I appreciate you, Jim. Yeah. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Steph. I appreciate you, too. 10 Cloverfield <laughs> Lane is a fucking fraud. Oh, that's so. where my dentist is. <laughs> well, so is this the end of the podcast? I'm yeah. hungry. Okay. Yeah, me too. We go. I ate while you guys talked about Star Wars. I was like, I muted my mic and went and got pizza. So I had my own pizza party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, fuck you two. I haven't I seen go. it. I've seen episode four, one, and the Christmas special. <sighs> Most importantly, the Christmas special. Wow. It's all the Christmas All the essentials. That was the first one I saw. <laughs> oh, all right. Goodbye, all right. everyone. Next video Goodbye. is the Rugrats right. series review. See you then. Bye. 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 I'm behind schedule. I can't record a song at the end of this podcast. Sorry.